Welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Dave Gurney. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Joe Hilliard. And we have a great returning guest. It's really, I think this might have been the guest that you said was your favorite the first time you said that. And I think it probably really is your favorite. I'm not going to say a word. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna hold that. I'm going to write that in my diary tonight. Um, and it's, it's Kaylee Diaz, history. by the way. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kaylee. So we, uh, two, two times ago that you visited, you're like, okay, enough of the hard stuff. I'd like to do a fun movie. And then we invited you to do Sisu. Uh, on a whim. Oh, that reminds me. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. Tell no, me I was just going to say, and so the, today, <laughs> tonight we've got at least one really, uh, well, I'm very, very curious to see where the conversation is going to go today. Oh. Uh, fun movie, right? Yeah. So welcome to the, the Movies fun. that are trying to be fun okay. on some levels. Okay. Yeah, I had the whale and then I had the wine. <laughs> yeah, no, this is definitely a different tone altogether. And then I had Nazis and then... Um, I mean, I'm down for the rom-com episode, and you guys needed a girl in here. You can't do rom-coms without a, a female present. You know that so. that's not a bad point. Uh, and in the past, I think we have been a you know it's been the three guys talking mm-hmm. about it. Carlos is a huge rom-com he guy. I mean, he can he can be. But but I hear where you're coming from, Kaylee. <laughs> this the, it's great to have a, a female perspective in the room. Yes, for sure. Now on the topic of Nazis, though, before we get away from it, and I forget <laughs> about it. Um, last time I was here, you said that you had never had a boot beer. Or one of the, oh, the yeah. I have never drank a beer out of the big boot. Okay, well, I didn't get you a two liter huge one, but I did get you a boot. What? Yes, it's in my bag. <laughs> what? And I didn't give it to you before. I was like, I don't want to be the person that brings presents every time. It's going to set a precedent. It is. But it is a Lorelei brewing boot that oh I found while God. I was thrift storing, and I was like, I have to get it. I am it. so excited. It was like a few days after that I actually found it. So I'm finally bringing it to you. Thank you. It's a perfect gift. It's perfect. Well, why don't don't we drink some beer? I think we should. Episode 32, a long time ago, was the very first time that we found out, I found out, about Garden Path Fermentation. This is a brewery out of Washington State, and they are known, of course, for their natural yeast beers. I just want to make sure Washington was right. I did that from memory, and I am correct. This is their Flowered, the sixth edition. It says a native yeast ale conditioned with honey. A gorgeous uh, yeah, little watercolor yeah. art. Let me read from the bottle. Bitter does, doesn't have to mean harsh. The tri- this tribute to our favorite dry, hoppy, profoundly yet delicately bitter ales of Belgium was fermented in an oak. Help me, David. Fooder. And generously hopped with Fuggles, Liberty, and Saws. A... A garden path is a beautiful way to get somewhere you may not have expected to go. Anyway, so this is uh, bottled on October 5th, 2021. We're drinking it June 2023. It is a 7.1% native yeast ale conditioned with honey. Flowered, David and Kaylee. Flowered. <laughs> I mean, the the, uh, the opposite of deflowered? That would be the opposite of being deflowered. Yeah. Low-hanging fruit. I was going there, though. I was, I was so close. Well, I mean, we were all thinking yes. it, right? I mean, this is... Joe, pick this one for a reason. Um, and, and maybe we should speak about it first before I connect it to our film for the first half. This smells like a farmhouse ale. Yeah, you're getting some of that. Yeah, the uh, moment I opened the bottle, it was a fruity farmhouse. Okay, that says I love it, and I and I can hear the carbonation. It was it was almost like it was sizzling in the glass. Not that I want to 
hot beer today. No. Um, <laughs> no smoky beers, no hot beers. We're not doing it. It's not happening. No, that's that, no smoke beers walk today. right out the door. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, I'm getting, the, you're right, Joe, the farmhouse. You're, you're getting that uh, native yeast. Uh, very distinct. Mm. Very excited because mm. we've had Garden Path before. By God, we'll have him again. Yeah. Thank you for bringing him to this party, Joe. <laughs> I, brought, I found it in Houston. Brought it home. All right, looking All forward right. to sipping that. Flowered, deflowered, what's the connection here? Well, as Joe uh, has already set up talking about that we did not bring Kaylee in for, a, for another downer of a film, or at least a <laughs> film that's trying not to be a downer, um, we went with um, what is now the sort of R-rated sex romp comedy rom-com uh, of the moment, no Hard Feelings, uh, released just uh, last weekend, if you're listening to this when we release it, starring Jennifer Lawrence, sort of a prominent name yeah. here. Academy right? Award winning, Jennifer Academy Lawrence. Academy Award winning. Um, really behind this project all the way, I think, producing yeah. it, packaged with it, and so and working with Gene uh, Stupnitsky. I had not seen Bad Boys, his, his earlier effort, okay. um, but... He wrote for The Office. He's done. He's done other stuff that I'm kind of aware. Of. So a well-traveled uh, comedy writer, now comedy writer slash director, doing this uh, comedy where Lawrence plays a 32-year-old kind of down and out, well, semi down and out Uber driver slash bartender, who is scraping by, keeping afloat at her mom's old place. Her mom has passed away. She's living in the house in Montauk, which is a very exclusive and lovely area of Long Island for the rich to come in the summer, but yeah. year-round residents such as herself tend to be a little bit more working class, and so there's that dichotomy to play with. Um, she's down and out, needs a car desperately, happens to see on Craigslist that there is a couple that have a young son who they are urgently wanting to be deflowered, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> As part um, of the gig, yeah. And uh, made a man, essentially, before he goes off to college, and in return for this service, they are willing to give somebody a Buick Regal. It's a custom-made ad for this character, yeah. right? And, of course, she pursues it uh, and ends up going on this mission to deflower the boy. Uh, well, date is the way they put it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> date date real hard. hard. Yeah, right? <laughs> they make it clear that, and in fact, it becomes a little bit of a competition because mm -hmm. if another just friend happens to go first she won't get the car right, right. they, they kind of make that i was waiting to see if she actually saw the ad as well and she's like well i'm going to princeton i need a car <laughs> like i was waiting for that kind of like rivalry to pop up that and might I was have a been let down at what it didn't come it's up interesting I, I, a race I, to deflower yeah yeah but anyhow so she she pursues this mission but of course comes to really respect and love and admire this young man they bring things out of each other to make them better people have i have i this yeah. is rom-com yeah. yeah yeah okay i think that we'll probably get into some details as we go yeah along. we definitely can and it's going for one scene that i can't get out of my mind oh yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sure yeah um yeah no we'll get well wait now there okay i think there's two contenders for that title okay i think i know which one i you're saying, yeah. Maybe we can play a guessing game later or something. This reminds know. me of an Apatow comedy. You know, he's trying to do that in 2023. I'm talking about his early stuff, the stuff that really got him, uh, you know, to the forty-year-old virgin, forty-year-old virgin knocked up, uh, where there was in there a crassness that was to be 
I admired, I suppose. Fairly Brothers too. I think sure. uh, are sure. worth putting in the mix there. Sure. Uh, yeah. The the reason why I say Apatow is because those two films had a sex slant to them, yeah. a sexuality slant to them. Certainly, the forty year old virgin, a guy who's never been had sex, and he's forty year old. He's forty years old. Um, Aptly named. I know, right? Yeah. Truth and advertising. You know, For once, right a movie delivers, yeah. right? <laughs> and then since then, we've, of course, entered the age of awareness and uh, the, the cancel thing, the wokeness, all those words. That oh, I'm going to bring up some of those words, so uh, get okay. ready. <laughs> and I was very curious, because this movie sells itself as R-rated. It's on the poster. It's in the trailer. This is raunchy. You're going to be surprised at what Academy Award winner <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence do, does here. It's The levels of raunch. Yeah, she it, it's Exactly, and you know, it, I don't know how how much it achieves that. Outside. I'm glad I didn't get hard sold on that myself because I I'm would glad have felt you said sold because I was like, "Whoa, bro!" in a theater. Oh, okay, go ahead. No, hard sold on the sex romp. Like I, I, I had seen the trailer, but I didn't come away feeling like, "Oh, they're promising me the next like." there's something about Mary or something yeah. like that. Which I mean, the, I get how you they get do that try. feeling. They yeah, try with yeah, language. Yeah. Uh, during the the scene we referenced, where the parents, by the way, father Matthew Broderick, who I was delighted <laughs> to see on screen, delighted to see yeah, on screen. Fine. He's good. He, he's fine. He's good. He no, have he's, a lot and to he's, do. And he's great in the role. I, right. I'm not. That's not. I'm not damning him with faint praise here. But I, right. yeah. Do you good. want me to date your son? Or date your son. We want you to date him, and you can't see what I'm doing, but there's a you know a, yeah. a, a hand motion of a like thrusting, thrusting. fist jab. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna date the fuck out of him. I'm gonna date the hell out of him. Whatever yeah. the line was, but I mean, we are playing parents playing with their 19 year olds' virginity for laughs, and and the way that that works is 32 year old character Jennifer Lawrence has is is not a sex worker, but kind of is if you well, think they kind of assume she is she's and then, willing to well, do what about, she needs to she's in a bind right now yeah. they make jokes about well you could just start an only fan she's like well i'm not willing to have sex for money uh but i do need a car like right. I, yeah I don't know. and i was curious the whole time like I, first of all i saw it in an empty theater it was me and two other people in a very large theater and that affected the movie there was yeah. not laughing around me and i found a lot of the jokes falling flat for me some of some of them worked and i laughed out loud a couple of times but a lot of the jokes fell flat for yeah. me i didn't find them funny i could see the setup and there's the punchline, but that didn't really work yeah uh when she gets maced for example uh i didn't find I thought that. that worked okay okay i, I thought it was funny. okay and again it's all subjective when it comes to no, all it's, things I, it, that it's always a i i and there were gags in the film that the audience I was with where I did go to a fairly well attended screening mm -hmm. um, didn't react the way that I anticipated they would or, or the way I thought the film wanted them to there were other times when they did right yeah, yeah. so just wrapping up that point it was interesting to go into this um, we're being sold that this is raunchy in an age where raunch is not not for me frowned upon but certainly analyzed and have we offended anybody the, in the well a lot of a lot of raunch from the past is not stuff that we're particularly proud of we watched american true. pie one of our first episodes on this podcast mm -hmm. we were watching this uh swingers mm -hmm. no swingers no uh geez the the one with the parents oh my gosh Oh, no. a cock blocker. Uh, cock a blockers. Blockers. Yeah. Thank you. Why oh. did I say swingers? I'm thinking the John Favreau and no, it was uh, it was blockers, and we paired it with American Pie uh -huh. and rewatching American Pie, which I had not seen in probably I don't know almost twenty years. Yeah. 
it really dawned on me how bad it was in terms of its politics. I mean, the, what they do to that woman, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Shannon Elizabeth, right? The, the, uh, the exchange, exchange student. student is horrific. And, and we're laughing at it. And I found it very hard to find it funny yeah. with the remove and, and what I know and, and what I've been awakened to. We've, we've had some similar interactions with film um, in our house because I have a 14 year old that loves to laugh at stuff and I was like mm-hmm. cool let's watch a scary movie and then um, I like two scenes and I'm like you know what I don't know how well this aged maybe Ooh. we shouldn't be watching this one with yeah. you so um, I feel like this movie specifically is very much um, a less sexy version of Failure to Launch did you see that? Because they hire the Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Is that Kate Hudson? Uh, Hudson? Hudson? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he lives at home and they're trying to. Yeah. Right. And they're right. like, hey, go date our son. Go get him out of the house. Like he needs to get out yeah. of the house. I was like, OK, so this is going to be like that. But R rated. So and giving you the age difference thing, too, that mm-hmm. kind of makes it. You know, some people actually have spoken out about that. They don't like that. I mean, if the gender roles were reversed here, how creeped out would you be? Well, it's it would be a lot more creepy. But I I would argue, and it's so it's so gendered. But uh-huh. we wouldn't even find the premise plausible for parents of a woman of the age of nineteen yeah. that they were recruiting That's men true. to have sex with her. Yeah, it, we wouldn't even find it plausible. Mm-hmm. You can find it plausible that a helicoptered boy, yeah, didn't have that kick into his masculinity and when he should have and thus is needing this extra like the parents as weird as broderick and and his counterpart are in the film and you know like as those characters are they're kind of understandable still because you can see how they're over you know over analyzed parenting has resulted in this kind of thing i'm glad you brought that up because i enjoyed that as a a conceit that the film attempted to to sink its teeth into there is something to be mined there as a parent of a 17 year old girl as a, you david a parent uh, i don't remember the ages yeah, but they're younger than mine younger. Mm-hmm. I know you've got young ones kaylee this is a real thing kids in their rooms not interacting with anybody except for their devices do you have you have friends right i do have friends they're just all online this is real same and i would like i'm glad that the film broached it i don't think it analyzed anything but it's not maybe the movie to do that but they did bring up i think some very interesting societal concepts that maybe another film can explore a little more broadly but on societal concepts like when you look at a lot of like the base things about his personality i am honestly wondering if he's on the spectrum or not and if that's not something because my mom and i just saw it today we went to the 245 showing i just saw it we just left the movies and we were leaving and i was like so he's autistic right and she goes, no, he's not autistic. I was like, well, I mean, we just started. I was like, okay, so remember where they're at the bar and they're like, oh, what do you have to drink? Pepsi. Oh, we have Coke. Oh, we can't eat. Should like, we, I can't, we go I can't somewhere else? Yeah. And yeah. then the sounds, like, it was just like, oh, oh my gosh, sounds scary. I'm like, okay, he gets overly stimulated really yeah, easily. Yeah. He's not taking the social cues. Like, and I definitely, the the, the Pepsi one, I, th- I kind of felt like it was setting us up for something like yeah. they're going to show him, but to be neurodivergent. And, and I say that as a mom of a kiddo that's on the spectrum. I'm yeah. like, you know, those are things that we had to consider when we left the house. I'm like, man, am I going to shelter him so much? I'm going to pay a 32-year-old to seduce him when he turns 19? You got to do what like, you got to do as a parent. I mean, parenting can be hard, but. Well, I mean, if he wants to get laid, he can do it on his own. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that or I was like, I mean, maybe he's just asexual or aromantic like maybe we're having some well that's it right it's presumptuous too mm. to be like it i mean if if this guy hasn't uh felt out his own sexuality right? who even knows where it go- i mean like but let he him. is watching gangbang porno 
And how about videos? <laughs> they, <laughs> they disclosed right, that. They did. They did that the, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> but but have the frank conversation with him. You know, mm. just talk about where he's at and what what's maybe holding it up. I don't know. Yeah. It's But this is like you know the perfect storm of parents who mean well, perhaps on some level, yeah. but are looking at it almost too clinically and yeah. are staying kind of at this remove from it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's I mean, so that is a, definitely a big source of the humor here. And I think they sell it fairly well. Um, meaning, you know, the, the actors, I think Lawrence does a really good job. I'm, you know, there were many times throughout the film where I was thinking like, I almost don't buy this character at all. And mm-hmm. then I would, and then I would get one over with a little bit of dialogue, something she would say. And I, I think that, She's really good at playing this character in a way that I can't imagine many other performers pulling off. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, she shows off why she is a a star. Not an actress, a star. She's a great actress, too. Um, and her boobies, though. Say it again? I said, and her boobies. <laughs> and her boobies. This is full frontal Jennifer Lawrence in this film. Is this it, is 360. Is it? It is. It looked a little CGI-y. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that there weren't things that were because de- most films like, get touched up. Touch, by, yeah. Okay, I, well, this is the scene I was referring to. It's uh, <laughs> but she's at least very much willing to have us presume that that is her body on display. In her uh, quest to quickly deflower this boy, she takes him skinny dipping, and he's very reluctant. Uh, the sign says that the beach. Which, is by closed, the way, the... like if she's so pro at this, would who chooses the friggin' beach to go to to, to do this uh, sort of business? What do you mean? You, you, Y'all have never, never experienced sand in uh, what what it does to, through that whole process. I have no comments. What in are this you part talking of this about? Section. No interest, man. All right, <laughs> after hours. That's uh, Patreon.com/slash Period Movies. Look, Dave, she's David's lived on Montauk, and she's tell. she's got stories. They've to got tell. lifeguard stands. Okay. There's things, David. There's ways. You don't do it in the water. I wouldn't do it. Okay. It's the foreplay in the water. It's foreplay. In no, the water. I don't think doing it on the beach. The beach. The sand is the problem, folks. You don't escape the sand and when you go crevices. to the beach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The crevices. Thank you. Okay. Go on. I, I knew what you meant from the beginning. Okay. I just wanted to hear you go. Hamana, hamana, hamana. <laughs> okay. So, um, so she she gets him nude in the water, and then of course some punk ass kids come and try to steal their clothes she gets out of the water and here's where it has been it it, it had not displayed any nudity uh, right in fact it was it was well edited in the sense right. that they did these very deliberate shots of her when she's disrobing and you're like oh she's staying tasteful here folks right. she's now, not gonna sudden, have her body be shown full nude yeah. to these uh, uh thieves and kicks their ass in like a wrestling match Baywatch with Naked. no bra top yeah exactly yeah. a Baywatch yeah. fight nude I yeah with a suplex yeah. involved. Yeah. Oh my god, could, she was kicking ass. She yeah. really did. Yeah, yeah. and I, her stunt double. She, she was not encumbered by clothing. Sometimes in a fight, you know, she's she was aerodynamic. That's they right. Was like, <laughs> it's a scene for laughs. her fighting technique is unmatched. Yeah, and she was like hairless everywhere. I mean, <laughs> she was just straight through the air. There you go. I think. <laughs> I think that it's a uh, it's the only use of nudity in the film that I can recall, and it's certainly being used for laughs. It's uh, it, it it is uh, over the top. You know, we're yeah. going to show you this over the top thing that she agreed to do it to me is amazing because because she's you know a list yeah. celebrity here. But that she chose to do that I thought was certainly brave. I just don't know if I got the laughs out of it that I. It was oh, I, I laughed. You were, you were I, I enjoying laughed. it, and the theater was enjoying it. That was definitely one that went off well in a, you know, fairly packed theater on on opening weekend. Yeah, um, 
that was a scene though that sticks out. I mean, yeah. as something, it's it's one of those things like um, flashing to the birth scene in Knocked Up. Okay. Uh, his boner in the morning. You throw <laughs> the, uh, in Forty Year Old Virgin. You yeah. throw these sexualized things for laughs, and they tend to be the things that you remember, right? Because like, we don't see an A list celebrity do that. Right. Ever. Or or even really a B list or D list celebrity who fights nude. I mean, that's a yeah. fairly rare thing. I can't think of many films where you see that. I mean, I, it it stuck in my brain just because of boobies. But yeah. <laughs> the the one that really sticks like and I keep visualizing in the specific scene is the, the dick in the trap. Chinese yeah. finger trap. Wait, do they call them Chinese finger traps anymore? Well, you can and that that's what they are called. Okay. It is an offensive term, so we should finger note traps. that the fact that th- this yes, right, right. Cool. So you I didn't say that. Hey, no. Don't edit it out. Okay, but so I'll what is your point it. about okay, so she's seducing a new man and the guy finds a finger trap that's a callback to make her think about the guy that, you know, got away. I was, and yeah. all of a sudden, he, as a joke, puts his wiener in one half of the finger trap and has her. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah I thought yeah. it was the funniest part of the whole movie. <laughs> it was. It was pretty funny. And no, it, push it together. Push yeah. it together. <laughs> you imagine? Can you imagine being eye level with some with someone's vicinity Business, there? Yeah, yeah. Junk, yeah. With your finger basically attached to the tip, and they're like, push them together. <laughs> I just, I get maybe I visualize myself in that situation. I'm like, oh my god, what, what do I do? <laughs> Like, it oh. is a pretty silly situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we will not be doing that in after. Oh yeah. no, that will yeah. not be happening. But that 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 all that those two together felt like the two breakout. Like yeah. this is where this film is pushing it just a little bit right. further than you've seen it done before, right. at least with these particular setups. And to speak to the woke culture, the idea that she goes to the Princeton party on the night of their uh, prom. Right. They're going to re, uh, their recreate fake prom, prom yeah, yeah, because yeah. both of them, for reasons that are explained, never went to their own prom. Now, she's ridiculously overdressed and overage for this party. And uh, she says something that I guess someone might interpret as homophobic. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, well, she when she's passing by the guys who are kind of giving her a hard time, or not really giving her a hard time, but questioning mm. why she's there. Yeah. She's all, you know, says like, Oh, why don't you two go out with each other? And because they were maybe hitting on her or what? And they're like, "Oh, what? Like you think that's funny because being gay would be bad?" You know, they're calling her out for like the premise of the joke. Now, I kind of side with her. I don't think the premise was like necessarily them being gay is funny. It's just like if you two are so horny, go off with each other. Yeah, that's how. But. It, it was spun the way. I right. mean, it was a nice little moment, actually. I mean, a good bit of comedy about something that I think does happen where, like, okay, is this over the line? What did she intend by it? They don't linger on it too much, but then it does become like a pack of roving, uh, you know, phone cameras that are following Corpus her Christi as she's Chronica. ending with yeah. the parents who are at the party, which is a thing that yeah. happens now. Yeah. Kids drinking. And two parent, the parents upstairs. It was happening when I was in high school a little bit. We not didn't that, do I, that not that I was regularly doing it, but I can remember a couple parties where parents were totally endorsing the yeah. the thing. I didn't drink much in high school. Like, I mean, I had a couple of Mike's Hard Lemonade or something like that, but mm-hmm. it was always my friend's parents that bought it for us, and they'd take mm. us out to the river. And it was yeah. like, you can get drunk as long as we're all drunk together. <laughs> my, like, largest, okay. my largest problem with the film is the problem I have with a lot of the Apatow later films, and that is when we move from comedy into the feelings. Now we're hmm. going, now uh. we're going to uh, understand that we do like each other in a way that's not transactional. And now, you know, et cetera. I had a trouble with those transitions. The very end of the movie, uh, he works at a dog rescue. There was a dog there addicted to cocaine, and every time he hears the word cocaine, he goes nuts, and then she ends up rescuing the dog. 
uh, as they drive off together. Some of that was so schlocky and so um, formulaic and the putting the periods on the ends of the sentences in such a cutesy way that I, I, I didn't quite like that. It could have been funny still. Like if the dog was triggered by cocaine yeah. and he will only drink Pepsi, they could have stopped to get a Coke nah. somewhere <laughs> and the dog could have freaked out. They could have gone through the drive-thru and been like, oh, we only have Coke and the dog freaked out in the back oh, and then it yeah. would have made it funny again. That would, in see, my opinion. I felt like the dog was underdeveloped. That, that yeah. was one of the gags that I felt like needed better setup and another at least another touch point throughout the film before we get to that final like you know him coming. yeah so i i think that that was underdeveloped there were a few other things that i felt yeah, that way now i didn't have the problem though i, I do want to with the transitions to the more serious stuff i actually felt like a fair amount of chemistry between lawrence and uh what, what's what's the guy's name feldman barth feldman andrew um, he's only been in a few musical things. Yeah. High he, School he, Musical, the series. Yeah, and then he was the lead in Ratatouille, the the Broadway version, oh, okay. or the theater version. Okay, was, yeah, he's done some Broadway too. He looks like the Ratatouille guy. Evan right? Hansen, so I think he fair. was the lead exactly. in that too. Um, so, but, so kind of new to me, but I think he does a good job. I think he is. He looks younger than he really is. Yeah. So that kind of helps sell the naivete, the the kind of innocence, but. Once he gets going and once he gets into the scenes with Lawrence, I think holds his own. Yeah. And she does a really good job, I think, of both playing a character that's over the top in many ways, but rooted in some kind of reality that mm -hmm. I can recognize. Um, I know people love that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I've known people in my life who are very much of that kind. Maddie, right? Is mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and you know maybe are still looking for their way later in life, and that's okay. You know they, they're going to find it, but. Um, she sold it, and I also liked uh, Natalie Morales showing up as her friend uh, mm -hmm. in a couple with uh, I think Scott MacArthur is the is the actor's name, who was funny on the first season of Righteous Gemstones. I love Morales. If mm -hmm. you remember Plan B, she directed that. Okay. Um, she's also was on Parks and Rec and done some other stuff. So it was a, like the good casting. I felt like throughout, I didn't mind the switching of gears. I think not every joke was as punchy as it was maybe Complete, thought to completely be. Completely agree. I think some of the things weren't quite, like again, the the dog I think could have been a hilarious yeah. thing and it felt like at the end of it they wanted me to feel like it was a real big coup like that they made this, a, mm -hmm. but it didn't feel like it had quite earned that. So, you know, with a, with a few caveats, I think this is a very serviceable, yeah. funny, R-rated rom-com for 2023. That, that if you're wanting to go out with some friends or on a date or something and just have a good time yeah. and, and goof around, I think it's it's pretty good. I think the 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 one thing that I really wish they would have tied up um, at all is who her dad was because if mm. all we know is that her dad is coming and banging a bunch of girls in Montauk, then ew, what if it was Matthew Broderick? Ooh, what if that was the, actually know, her brother? What if, you know, any guy, I mean, obviously he was having sex. His Luckily they never shoe, actually had sex. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, it counts. You can tell anybody at Princeton what you want. Um, it's just one of those, I'm like, man, we're just going to, we're just going to leave that. And the, the letter that she sent was unable to be delivered, not right. rejected. So maybe they just moved. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't watch a second film based on these people unless right. it was the pregnant couple. I would I would watch them. They were funny. They cracked they were me funny, up. They yeah. were probably my favorite characters in the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nope. Yeah, Ew. I hear you. I, I don't issues. think I don't want to see a part two. Oh no, Let, I'll make not. that clear. I, I'm not interested. I don't no think there's a lot more story. 
<laughs> the feelings just got yeah. harder. <laughs> also, when he plays, okay, so there's a, a man eater thing that the song that Man-Eater. was good. I like that when he plays and yeah. and you know she's over there. I felt hearing the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. It applies to me. You're I'm a man eater. I'm Jennifer Lawrence. In oh, this okay. Situation. It applies. It applies to me, and I'm getting teary-eyed, and and then that doesn't really go anywhere, and then, you know, it, I don't know. There's a lot of loose ends in this that didn't get tied up correctly. For oh, me. I don't know. However, I, I felt like the man eater thing was I'm fully gonna, developed. I'm gonna agree with you, David. It's uh, it, it's okay. It's good. It's 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 pretty good. I mean, you'll you'll enjoy I would it. Say, I mean, I I truly will, and I and I find a full theater. Yeah, I think that would help. But but honestly, I think it's about the attitude and go with a group. Go with a few people who you know enjoy laughing and get get some popcorn. It, go to the theater. It's not a damn superhero movie. You <laughs> you can see something other than that, folks. Mm-hmm. It's out. <laughs> um no, but seriously, I think this is a good time at the movies if you let it be. Um good performances. Not every joke is perfected, but but worth the price of your your ticket sure. if if you feel like going. Well, yeah. we're there. All right, I, I think so. I, think I mean, it. I feel fully flowered at this point. I do too. Uh, or no, I get yeah, flowered. I've 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 rejuvenated my. That's right. Yeah, I'm gonna let y'all <laughs> run with that euphemism and go with it. Okay. Well, y- you run. I'll run with the euphemism, and I will run along this garden path to the the beer that we've been drinking here. This native yeast ale conditioned with honey, Joe. I mean, it's going to be so predictable that I love this beer. Mm-hmm. I think it is everything that I hope for from Garden Path. Yeah. It's light. It's effervescent. It's sort of playful on my tongue. It's got nice little fruit flavors in there. I'm kind of getting notes of peach, I, I feel like. And the honey, I think, is also in there. Yeah. Love it. I liked what they had to say here. Being a bitter... Do- Let me start over. Bitter doesn't have to mean harsh. And... Those farmhouse ales can we make we make a joke on the show with these uh, saison sours farmhouse ales the jaw hinge they hit you in the jaw hinge this doesn't do that yeah. it is subtle uh, in its um, native that native yeast uh, wang it's got a little get. sour and I think that they are uh, balancing it really yeah. well with the adjuncts that they've used here and the honey really does I think cut off a lot of that as well very delicious i would i would buy another one of these i wish i'd bought two i think i actually poured a couple of this one so i mean i don't hate it okay um i like there there's a sweetness to it there's a sour that kind of lingers a little bit longer than i would like it to but normally when i drink beer i'm also drinking water so it may just be Uh, my mouth but no it was good i would drink it again yeah well, I'm gonna go uh, get a water for Kaylee. Yeah, good idea. I think I'm gonna do two beers in the second half. I'll explain why oh. in just a second, and uh, we are going to see where we decided to go to pair with this after we get back. So we all my, my thoughts immediately went to "Can't Buy Me Love" as the prayer oh, pairing because yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll recall he uh, Patrick Dempsey McDreamy McSteamy what's his name? It's McDreamy. He was dreamy. dreamy. Uh, young McDreamy. young McDreamy hires a girl to pretend to be his love interest just so he can become more popular than he is. Right. 
uh, but we decided to go a different route. And so I have got a single 16 ounce can, four ounces each. That's why I'd like to do a second beer, just so we can have a little, you know, that four ounces is gonna go quick. But I think Kaylee's gonna like this one because it's gonna be a dark beer. This is a brewery that I don't think we've, well, no, we have, sorry, Evil Twin Brewing. We've done it a few times. Yeah. The name of the beer is Mad Brick is just the New York way of saying it's really cold. Is that, <laughs> is that a Fallout Boy song? It, it, it should it, it be. Might be. I, I, I don't know. It probably is. Now it's the, probably an emo band's immediate uh, pairing is song title. that the film is famously set in New York City. So yeah, and there's some chilly behavior. In oh, they're the sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's where I've come mm-hmm. up with. All right, a, Joe. I like this. Okay. okay. I'm going to approve this. Pairing. As we get talking, we'll open something else. And so, what was the style on this one again? Oh, that's a good question. It is a triple IPA, double dry hopped with Citra and Matuka hops. Mm. I thought it was Matuka. a stout. Mm. Triple IPA. So not so dark. No. But malty, probably. This will be interesting. Ten percent well, ABV. I'm I'm looking forward to it. This Maybe Kaylee fun. won't like this. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Will Mikey like it? Um, We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, While Joe is pouring that, and that does look like a pretty hazy uh, IPA there. Triple IPA. Yeah. Opaque. And on the nose, are you getting citrus, fruit? All of the above. Dank? A a tad dank. It's a tad dank, David, but a lot of citrus. All right. Well, I'm excited. Get Um, your nose in there, Kevin. Some high octane here (laughs) to, uh, to get us going on. Where Joe did end up sending us with this pairing uh, that that he did land on, not Camp Buy Me Love, but uh, instead going further back, back to what many would consider probably one of, if not the most, um, one of the most highly revered romantic comedies of all time. This is, of course... Billy Wilder's 1960 film, The Apartment, starring Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. I think it's our first Billy Wilder film. I think you're right. Mm. I think it's our first Jack Lemmon mm. and maybe even our first Shirley MacLaine. What are we is doing our, here? Is it our first Fred McMurray and how have we not done Double and Well, <laughs> gosh, I, I, I feel like there's a parallel uh, universe where Carlos uh, was instead obsessed with Fred McMurray and we were doing McMurray matches every 50 episodes. He's got a lot of films under yeah, his belt. But <laughs> someday we'll get there. Uh, but, but anyhow, The Apartment, um, 1960, is indeed set in New York, as Joe said. You have... Uh, Lemon playing uh, Bud Baxter, who Buddy Boy is a, <laughs> is a bachelor uh, living in New York City, working at sort of a faceless, nameless insurance company. What are they called? Consolidated, life. I think is Consolidated yeah. Life. Um, you know, just as a drone at a desk, like you know, b- tapping away on a calculator, whatever that he's doing. Um, but. The his key to ascending the corporate hierarchy that he's found is that he lends out his apartment key to his managers and allowing them to bring their various mistresses and or dates they happen to pick up at bars or whatever back to his place to have this kind of secret rendezvous location right. They're all away married. from their wives. Right, right mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so the, the film picks up with him having been doing this for over a year, mm-hmm. kind of letting out his apartment, having a little cadre of... Uh, of sort of mid-level executives who are championing him and, and, and getting his cause. And of course that makes the word climb to his boss, his boss being played by Fred McMurray, who ultimately is the one who holds 
the the real power and would be able to promote him if he chooses to and he makes it clear that he wants the same deal that these other middle managers have had so he kind of horns his way in on it becomes another user of the apartment now let's also establish that early in the film we realize that baxter is you know very trampled upon by these guys is being kicked out of his apartment at all hours of the night i mean it's really a terrible situation that he's in especially he gets a cold and needs to just sleep it off and the they're very they have no interest in it hey we're putting you up for a potential review for a promotion oh you don't want to fuck that up (laughs) they do not use the f word it is 1960 exactly well the the one like real bit of kindness that ray of sunshine in the office is the elevator operator which you know i love movies that have elevator operators because that's something i never experienced firsthand but it seems so charming i mean the idea that you have this person um but fran is the character's name shirley mclean very nice very talkative very social spunky and seemingly immune to the uh sway of those who who are at the company who might you know she's not using presumably um her attractiveness to ascend yeah. the corporate hierarchy there. No matter how many times they slap her on the ass. That's right. Yes. I just like that she actually called him out for it. Yeah. Yes. No, she's a spunky and, and sort of, and that's where you think that she, but lo and behold, once, uh, you know, Baxter enters into this deal with his, with the big boss, um, Sheldrake, played by McMurray, he quickly puts it together that it's actually uh, Fran who is McMurray's love interest or or second illicit Mm -hmm. love interest and so thus it creates this tension where this one character he had really thought was genuine and sort of had this existence outside it as part of that and it's all you know gets mixed up so i I think i've set it up yeah 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 i mean this movie for 1960 and black and white it's it's got that feeling of you don't exactly know when it might have been made although at the very beginning they tell you what year it is and yeah, at the very beginning, it's Jack Lemmon narrating, I work at a consolidated life. They have 35,000 employees. That's bigger than the city of Natchez, Mississippi. Uh, I'm on this floor. I'm desk man number 826. Like, I'm just this cog in a wheel. Right. I just got back from New York. I'd like to talk about some of the adventures we had. It couldn't be more different. The the advent of the internet, the the yeah. the fantastic levels of gender equality that have occurred since then. I mean, this, this is, is this a is, film rooted yeah. in a time, yeah, and it is fascinating to see. Yeah, I mean, this is. You know, it's funny because I I, would, I had seen this film before I ever watched Mad Men, but I don't know if either of you ever watched mm-hmm. Mad Men. But whole thing, you know, Enough. it's. It's like basically set from about 1960 to almost the end of the 60s. Mm-hmm. So it covers that decade. New York advertising agency, very much like men dressed in similar ways, mm-hmm. offices that are laid out. And sim- although the offices for an ad agency have a little more, more sort of yeah. design aesthetic to them. But still this idea of like Manhattan is this like kind of just this dense area where all of these businessmen pack into on a day to day basis. And then they flee off to the suburbs for their... So it's interesting to kind of watch it again and have that vision in my head of Mm -hmm. Mad Men. Yeah. I was just baffled. He was like, I make $94 a week. Uh, I know, right? And then it's like a cab ride was like, that'll be 70 cents. Give him a buck. I'm like, oh my God. I take home $94 a week. My apartment, it's not a big place, a cozy little place. It runs me $84 a month. That's that apartment was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And when you hear these horror stories of what real estate <sighs> is in New York City, what mm. you get for your money, yeah. probably then and now, 
again, a snapshot of a time that's I'm sure somebody has estimated what an apartment like that would have cost, at least in some relatively recent period. But I'm sure it's multiple thousands oh, of dollars. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It was funny because my, my older son actually watched this with us today. Oh, wow. Uh, so we watched it this morning. I've just been real busy, guys. Mm. So I watched it this morning. No, you wanted um, to be fresh. It's I nice guess. to have the material fresh. So Dorian comes in and he sits with us and he's just like, oh, this is actually really funny. And I was like, well, yeah, like sit down and watch it with us. Normally he won't watch my beer in a movie movies with me. And he was just giggling. And he's like, this is really funny. He's like, oh, wait, they're doing what? And it was just, you know, for him, all of his entire 14 years, he's just like, that's maybe she's gay. Maybe she likes women. Maybe that's why she's not hooking up with any of the office guys. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, she's hooking up with that office with guy. The office guy. Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, baby, no, this is a 1960s movie. We are not we are not flying our pride flags in this one. Right, right. It's June. Let's not get too excited. Right. We're, we're only unlocking secrets that we absolutely know are already there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's an amazing script. The script is incredible. The script is a class. And yeah. uh, what Wilder, who wrote it and directed and produced it, he won, won the Academy Award for director, uh, act, uh, uh, hold on, director, yeah, produce uh, best film and did Lemon win director, picture, screenplay, screenplay. Um, it, but it also won art direction, cinematography. Yeah, and uh, no, sorry, film editing. Deserving of all. If you haven't seen the apartment, go watch the apartment. It's it's on all the lists, top one hundred, top you know romantic comedies yeah. of all time. It's it's there. It's it's got the pedigree. Um, the script though is just incredible, and it's 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 very much a show don't tell script. You see what Jack Lemmon's life is like by watching him eat a meal by himself. You see what Shirley MacLaine's life is like by by watching activity around her without a lot lot of exp not not a lot of exposition at all. Right, and then you see. Um, like a man eater and no hard feelings very on the nose when compared with the mirror gag you know just uh, I, 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 you your mistress left her mirror it's broken I didn't break it yeah and then he sees that Shirley MacLaine's mirror is broken that's how he puts two and two together he's not right. told anything we as the audience are finding out along with him and it happens throughout the film yeah, yeah but and her, I loved it her response though when he sees the mirror it's like oh it's broken she goes yeah, that way when I look at it, it shows how I feel inside. I I'm thought like, that was a fantastic girl. Line. That was so good. Girl, same. I'm gonna go break all my mirrors. Yeah, that's well, and I, I think as I was saying with the last film, I, but more so here, uh, the, the performances. I mean, Jack Lemon. I don't, I don't have a deep uh, knowledge of Lemon. Like I haven't seen, you know all whatever hundred plus of oh, his yeah. films that he did but i've seen enough to know that this is one of his standout roles i mean this is really one that's kind of easy for him to walk into it's just kind of a natural mode that he seems to exude if he's yeah. you know like i've seen him in interviews on like the tonight show and, so, and like this is just who that guy is and so his nervous energy being there works really well for the character mclean this is perhaps I mean, I'm trying to think, like, I again, I don't have deep knowledge of her. Steel Magnolias, uh, Terms of Endearment. Like, there, there's a few roles th throughout her career, I guess, that I have some familiarity with. But this stands out as, like, it, and it's her so young, too. It's yeah. like, I, you know, I have that. I, I didn't talk about it with no hard feelings. But one of the big, I think, moments of uh, 
weird cognitive dissonance that I had watching No Hard Feelings was the fact that Lawrence, who I came to know, like I remember seeing Winter's Bone, yeah. whatever, 15 years ago when that came out and being like, wow, who is this kid on the screen? Right, like right, that is right. like just so packed emotional weight, like that loved it. And, you know, I've seen her in roles throughout the years, but I guess kind of hadn't seen her in much. And it hit me that, and then the running joke in the film is how old she is. <laughs> okay. I just realized that I'm not 32 because when, when I was watching that, I'm 33. I forgot my birthday this year. But um, I was like, man, I'm 32. You're not that old. Yeah. And people, when I was younger, used to tell me I looked like Jennifer Lawrence because I was always rocking a side braid. Yeah. And I'm like, do I look like that? I mean, she looks real good. Oh, I could, she looks, I she looks look right. Like you that. both look much look like better that. than a typical 32. But... Was, At least my own version of but 32. But then I realized I'm older and it made me sad. I was like, no shit, I'm 33. Well, but but it, so there was that moment. <laughs> watching a film like this, it, I have like a, the reverse of that where I'm like watching Shirley MacLaine as this young woman. Mm. I mean, I was about to say girl. I know that can be. But I, I don't want to infantilize, but look, she was super young and yeah. so vibrant, mm -hmm. so vivacious. Like you get why she w became a star so quickly when she started appearing in films. Like she just has this like burning charisma that like kind of pops off and the character is perfectly written for her mm -hmm. i just you know it's one of those instances and mcmurray's great too is like which is funny because he was generally kind of a just the nice guy every man yeah here he's actually kind of a piece of shit for, <laughs> i mean he is oh, yeah. right and he reveals how deep of a piece of shit as it goes on uh -huh. um but it totally is sold and you can understand how he pulls the wool over people's eyes because he's yeah. charming enough when you when you first meet him but yeah. no he's just as nefarious and, and yeah. terrible as everybody so else in a small apartment at west at, at 50 west 67th is currently available for forty two hundred and fifty dollars a month there you go fifty one thousand dollars a year which would be more than his entire take-home pay when both are adjusted for inflation. Okay, so th so things have gotten out oh, of whack yeah. that much. That's I mean, we knew it, but it, yeah. that's when you hear stuff like mm -hmm. that, it's it's mind-boggling. So Fred McMurray, who is he, is the Shaggy DA, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, goes dark in this and film. Uh, flubber, right? Flubber, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, and of yeah, course, yeah. Well, uh, double, double indemnity, indemnity which mentioned. was wilder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this film goes very dark. And before we get there, I'm just going to open this other beer. And the reason why I'm opening it is because it's an IPA. And the bottom of the can says that it was canned in January, February, March, April. Uh, we're not going to do this next week. We're doing Indiana Jones next week. So uh, since there's no tie-in, let's just go ahead and open this beer before it gets any well, older. there's a little... I mean, I actually know this brewery and I've been to this brewery. Ooh. And I've drank at this brewery. Oh, okay. Back That's a great name for a brewery. I hadn't... Back I haven't had this. Brewing. It's a this church. It's literally a church. Wow. Did you go to it on your Houston adventure? No, no, no. I just got this at one of, at a really awesome bottle shop that I found in Houston along with this. Mad Brick is just the New York way of saying it's really cold. That's awesome. <laughs> so two IPAs. Bobby's IPA. So Double indemnity, double beers. When Shirley MacLaine's character, Fran, finds out that her lover, who has been taking her to Jack Lemmon's apartment for rendezvous, is uh rendezvous rendezvous is rendezvous. <laughs> this is are we doing swedish chef yeah. uh is not going to divorce his wife and that's actually a line he has used several times in, in a parade of philandering through the entire mm -hmm. office right when she learns that she attempts to kill herself and that's where we uh, so and, and then he leaves her 
after trying to pay her off. Uh, didn't have time to find you a Christmas present, baby. That would have been awkward. Here's $100. Go buy you something nice. Something nice. They have alligator bags over at Bergdahl. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> and she uh, she overdoses on, attempts to overdose on sleeping pills. Now, that's when the doctor character, who has been a comic character just commenting on what he perceives to be Jack, B, uh, Jack Lemmon's amazing Prolific, amount yeah, of yeah, women yeah. that are coming through the apartment. None of them are his. Uh, is called upon to help uh, pump her stomach, that kind of thing. And the film just goes to this incredibly dark spot. In, yeah. a, in a romantic, 60s romantic, com- early 60s romantic comedy that I admire so much. They take it to this d- strange, almost, place. It, it's certainly it's certainly unique, I think, given the time period especially. And I, and I, I question, like, as I was watching it again... Like, I agree with you, Joe. I think it handles it pretty well. But would people generally feel like this is a sensitive enough portrayal of a suicide attempt now? What, what do you think, Kaylee? I'm, um, I'm curious. So far as sensitivity, I mean, normally when, when movies go, we were talking about that transition from where we're like romantic and it's comedy. And now it's it's soft and it's it's the sensitivities of everything. I didn't really enjoy it in the first film. But this one, because it went darker, mm. I think I'm like, oh, OK, we're, now we're serious. Okay, so now we got some seriousness going on. And I did miss that moment where she initially took the pills. Like, oh. I got, like, you know, distracted, ADD, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what just happened? And my son's like, uh, she tried to unalive herself. I was like, there were no trigger warnings on this. Wait, what just happened? <laughs> 1960, and, no and 1960s. trigger warnings. And uh, he's like, yeah, I think she's trying to unalive herself. And I was like, okay. So when we started getting into that darker one, or that darker shift, when we were moving into that sensitive topic time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I liked it better than where it's like, oh, That's good. Well, now we all have feelings. It, it, it was darker and it was yeah. strange and it was weird. But I loved uh, Dr. Dreyfus, Dreyfus, yeah, who yeah. was the next door neighbor. Yeah. And I loved his wife. His wife, she was hilarious. <laughs> She's like, no, eat some noodles. You, you know, come. Do you, do you Where's not have the any victim? napkins? Yeah. Where's the victim? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, he comes over uh, and, you know, pumps her stomach, uh, has Jacqueline make a big pot of coffee they're force feeding her coffee I, th- I love that they're throwing the boiling hot coffee down her throat like they must just be scarring right. her and then <laughs> he's slapping the hell oh, out oh yeah of her. yeah Aaron definitely w- made a and she's like looking back at me what is going on I don't think she had seen it <laughs> before Savannah was yeah. there with me for this part of it and I'm like oh my god he's just beating he's beating <laughs> her it was like the scene in Airplane yes exactly yeah. they're just though, like though I think but 19, not for laughs though I think 1960 medical procedure that was actually acceptable that's, I, that's how they did it back then I think smelling they, salt and slapping yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, walk yeah. her around, walk her around. It was yeah. just, I, I felt, I thought it was handled probably very time period accurately. And uh, then, of course, you're back, you're quickly into the comic relief when the wife shows up with food and, right. you know, and then it starts to lighten up. And that's when Jack Lemon can nurse her right. through the next 48 hours while the, all the sleeping pills are exiting her system uh, and falls in, you know, falls in love with her. Yeah. And uh, then you, then you get into this misdirection thing where Jack Lemon's going to go up to the boss and say, "I know, I know you don't this want to problem. date her. Yeah, yeah. Let me go ahead and take her off your hands." But then this crazy misdirection where Fred McMurray has been ousted from his home because right. the wife has found out that he's philandering, right. and he says, "I'm going to take her off your hands, but I'm still a creep." Yeah, I'm, I'm I still a, need your apartment. I'm still gonna, uh, yeah, and then you know I'm gonna take other girls there too. It's just it was it, this film is so rich and yeah. deep, and you can see I think why it has all the accolades that it does. 
Yeah, I mean, it 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 deserves it. I I think it, it, watching it in relation to this uh, to No Hard Feelings, that the the newer one here. I mean, obviously, I think. Well, I shouldn't say obviously, but I feel that this is a much more thoughtful film yeah. and and one that probably has more to say and it was saying it in ways that it could say it at the time and i think like you know some of that i think it still comes through pretty strongly mm-hmm. um a lot of these dynamics still exist even if they're maybe coded a little differently but i think for me one place where this film i feel like and I'd be curious to hear what you think yes. um, with with, uh, with a younger viewer watching alongside <laughs> you. Well, no, like attention span wise, I feel like this film spends some time with those characters, particularly in the aftermath of that mm-hmm. suicide attempt, where I don't know if audiences these days would feel like it was a little bogged down or it was a little slow. There were a couple of moments where I was feeling like, ooh, this is the kind of character development you don't always get in a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Is this something that's palatable to today's sensibilities? So I felt like this was better paced than No Hard Feelings. Yeah, no, no Hard, hard feelings, feelings had pacing okay. problems. It was like a lot would happen and then we're like, okay, like, okay, but when are we gonna get to the part where he finds out? Yeah. Like I was still waiting for that shoe to drop. Like the okay. like from way earlier in the film. Mm. Like, all right, there's you know, he's a smart kid, obviously he's going to Princeton. Like he's gotta figure right. this out. It's gonna be exposed. Um and then there were underdevelopment, I feel, in No Hard Feelings where I'm like, well, okay, what about the dad? Like the dog needed more, like this needed more, that needed more I like that this took the time. Um, they did have especially like some experiences of like shared trauma. Like she tried to unalive herself, but then he shares, well, yeah, I was going to kill myself too. And I shot myself in the knee. And that leads to like the champagne pop at the end. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, he killed himself. Where did we just go with this? Right. So I felt like the pacing was good. I felt like there were enough um, moments that it would call back to previous conversations yeah. or call back to, you know, just things that happened earlier in the film that kept me engaged. Um, I was doodling. Well, I was watching this. So, but that's that's usually how I. But pay that's attention. a common strategy. Yeah, like when you. we when we play Dungeons and Dragons, like I'm usually crafting or like doodling or something yeah. at the same time. Like yeah. it keeps my brain going, it keeps my hands busy. Yeah. So I was taking pictures from the movie and editing it into a poster. Nice. And that's how I was paying attention. And then I was like, oh shit, she just took how many pills? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, yeah, no, she trying to kill herself. She yeah. gonna be dead, dead. Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah, obviously she wasn't. But well, that's good. Yeah. No, I mean, the, 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 I, I I like hearing that, and, and and that's my hope. But and I do think that Wilder is such a good writer yeah. and storyteller that you're right, Kaylee. Like all of those things that he has the callbacks to, and all like mm-hmm. it's all all the breadcrumbs are there. Yeah. Everything's in the right place, so that when those punchlines come or when those you know the mm-hmm. cork pops it feels just as dramatic as it's supposed to yeah. and the relief from when you realize oh no it was just mm-hmm. the cork is you know like beautiful and, yeah, you, and you love those moments yeah. yeah so i i think where i was saying that no hard feelings doesn't always execute those perfectly well that you know not everybody's billy wilder no, so right. yeah and this is him at the height of his powers he had just released some like it hot this is the follow-up mm-hmm. to that film mm-hmm. jack lemon and um I, I saw an AFI interview with Jack Lemmon talking about kind of his filmography, and I got to the to the the apartment part, and and he said I couldn't believe I was handed this script by Billy uh, right after the success of what we had just accomplished, and to me this felt richer and deeper, and you know, it yeah, wins an Academy Award. Yeah, I, I'm really glad we had an opportunity to discuss this one. Now, when when you guys watch older films, do you ever like play the the game of who would play this character? 
Oh. If it were today. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were there were a few moments where the main character, like Baxter's going on and being like his kind of goofy self in his apartment. And I was just like, you know, it's a little Jim Carrey-ish. I could see Jim mm. Carrey doing kind of like a, yeah. a toned down version of Jim Carrey. Like I feel like know. I feel like him ten to fifteen years ago yeah. would have but he's a little too old now to oh, fully yeah, but yeah. I think he has some of that manic energy Truman for sure yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I was thinking yeah. yeah where it's just kind of like flipping the channels like right okay flip the channel, so flip the channel. yeah J-Law as the Shirley MacLaine character because it's too got- too old now mm. <laughs> and, I, and we just said that no but but see, although I, think, I did think about her for it <laughs> no for I, th- I think she could have worked at a younger age I think I and you know I think it's probably well, we just the haircut but Michelle Williams kind of it, it hits me there too where I think there's kind of a resemblance with Shirley yeah. MacLaine so that's probably too samey um I don't know I, for some reason I think Jesse Eisenberg when I think the the Jack Lemon character but he's gotten too old too mm-hmm. well we know, yeah. we, know, we know they're gonna give it to Jen Ortega because she's in everything now so well she and she wouldn't be a bad choice mm. oh but the blonde at the bar the Marilyn lookalike it would have to be Jennifer Coolidge just because ah! the way, it was the way she was talking like come on baby that <laughs> like, would it was be just fun. A, but it was like a Jennifer voice I was like you oh, could play man. with it it could it could yeah no there there is it probably shouldn't happen oh please let's not make it happen but it is a fun game to but play but it could yeah like yeah, yeah. you know that's too much um well you know, Joe, you hit us with two beers while bang, we were bang. talking about this. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start because I, I obviously I'm feeling the ABV. I think it's probably on the evil twin. What 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 was that one again? It was ten. Straight. Woo! Yeah. All right. Um, Mad and, Brick. And, Mad Brick is just the New York way of saying it's really cold. A triple IPA, double dry hopped from Evil Twin Brewing out of New York City, where this film was set. I didn't finish mine. You you didn't like it? No. I can understand. I mean. Well, I don't know. What what was it that didn't appeal to you? I don't want to put words in your I mouth. I mean, the color, the texture. I don't know. It felt, it felt kind of thick. Is there pineapple? In it? I don't know. There's some kind of there's No, some but kind the of hops fruity. are definitely bringing in a tropical. Okay. Is like that there, what it there's is? yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, so maybe that's the <laughs> thing. That's the <laughs> Don't get me started on Citra and Matuka hops. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, uh. No, but it, it, I I get it. And it is it's a very light yellow. Yeah. It's very opa- and I get the pineapple that you're thinking it's, about. I think that if you're somebody who doesn't like pineapple, oh yeah, doesn't no, like the, then this is probably going to be a turn Yeah, it wasn't the beer for me. Okay. I'm going to drink yours then. Okay. I, I put it in the middle. That way anybody During can after it. hours, I will enjoy the rest. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm going to say I really do like this one. I think that this is um, – so what, where I – and I've said it before. The thing that I tend to get upset about, if, like a double, triple IPA, is that they get super malty, yeah. too sweet, cloying – overpowers any and and then they hit me over the head with the hops in a way where it's just like well but there's still a lot of hops there and it just becomes this like huge bombastic you know fight in my mouth for for supremacy this i feel like has a much more dialed in triple ipa (laughs) profile um i i like you know it does have some of the tropical notes that kaylee was saying and those aren't turnoffs for me um, I, I'm not I, here to yuck your yum. You no, can like whatever I, that's you want. okay. And 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 I'm not here to uh, somehow uh, undercut your yuck. I, I, oh no, you are. I think it's a you true yuck. No, always. no, it's all I'm subjective. <laughs> like if you like the tropical flavors, if you like IPAs that have like a little bit more of a a robust mouthfeel but aren't super malty I think they've actually done a nice job with this but that's not for everybody yeah it's it, not it's also why I like the third chair get rotating guests because everyone knows what David and I think if you 
hell out of Mexican <laughs> lager, I'm not going to like it. You know? <laughs> I'm going to give it the ultimate compliment that I can. They did a good job with what they had to work with here. But the idea that we have a third person here whose tastes oh, vary yeah. and change, although Kaylee, all of our longtime listeners are going to understand that they better bring her a stout next time or she may not come back. I know. And I, mean, and I think Joe Thani had I a stout and I can't. I apologize. I will say that we, um, I, I promise a stout next episode when you, you know when you're I here, might bring stout one, city. but it might be from Back Pew because I actually do really do like a stout from there. Um, so I got to experience that brewery. I was in Houston. I was hanging out with a girlfriend of mine. She goes, "Oh, we're gonna go to this brewery. It's a church." I'm like, "Okay, that sounds like a bad time, but all right." We get there, and all the beers were like church themed, and you got sinner uh, tokens. You got sinner and saint tokens. So your sinners were all of your stouts and your dark beers. Your saints were all the lighter beers. <laughs> and so you would pay for all your tokens. And so you never paid the bartender. You would just go up and give them your tokens okay. to get your beers. They have a huge backyard, but it is a repurposed church. So half of it's the brewery, half of it's I'm the I'm all for room. repurposing churches. And it That's was great. great. I, I loved it. So It's a different kind of worship, David. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> definitely... Yeah. Uh, a fan based on so we haven't really talked about this Bobby's IPA yeah it's a yeah. Back, it's back pew as you say out of Houston Bobby's IPA huzzah the can says the time has come let us crack open a cold one and that's all they have to say about it 7.3 ABV uh, 66 IBU David you can tell us what that means and then I'm not seeing a lot of information about the hops and stuff that they use and that's not necessary for me to enjoy the beer yeah. but this is uh, not a triple IPA it's an IPA no it's interesting to drink back to back and it's not a hazy it's a, it's more of a straightforward I think of this as being a little bit more um, west coast style yeah. I, th I think it's it's kind of an IPA that's wearing its bitterness on its sleeve but I don't mind that I don't think it's doing like a, a stunt thing it's not like hitting you so hard no. that you I like what they're doing here. I and like I said, I love the name of the brewery. I love the concept that Kaylee is describing. I feel like this is a must visit next time I'm up in the Houston area yeah, I, just to you. experience that. Um, and I'm excited to try some of their other stuff. But this is, I think, a very serviceable, uh, you know, t to me, West Coast style IPA. Yeah, I like the idea that it's not that malt bomb, uh, a la El Chingon, Four Corners. Yeah. This is very muted and and very easy to drink. And the seven point. Three is going down very smooth. Good job, yeah. back pew. But can we talk about the label? Because it's a hobbit. Is that a hobbit? It's a hoppit. Hoppit? Well, I don't know. It's hops, right? Yeah, no. So oh, oh. It has, oh, right. it has the one ring. Ears. It Well, but look, there's the Shire door uh, in between. Oh, wow. Okay, so they, they've God, got a Lord of the Rings. Thank you, Kaylee. This you're is definitely... Uh, wow. You're right. So, so it's Bobby. It's a hobbit. Yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting, but it, but not necessarily the religion theme. The, yeah. I'll be I'm, I'll be curious. I really do want to go there and like I'm check out check this. Check it out. Are you yeah. a sinner or a saint that day, David? I you know I'm more of a saint when it comes. I go for the lighter stuff. Yeah. So that yeah. Yeah. They have, find balance. In they your have debauchery. a pew up front, and you can sit on which side you are for pictures. <laughs> so um, I have a picture of my son sitting in the middle because it's a family fr friendly establishment. And he was just like, I'm right in the middle. I'm like, ooh, you're so cool. Oh, so cool. But I do have a he present for you. Oh, you have a present Before for me? Before we're done, yes, for you. This is your, your housewarming gift. What? It is the smaller version of oh the giant boots. Look at that. Thank you. Thank you. Ha ha, David. You don't get one. That is gorgeous. I didn't even know they had done those. Yeah. It's funny. I've, I mean, Lorelai, sadly, their tap room closed uh, mm -hmm. not that long ago, but we had Varian, who used to be one of the owners, 
uh, there yeah, he was. He was on, on, an on an episode a while back and have had their beers before. But I didn't realize they had done. What, I knew they kind of got into the um, the steins. Like uh-huh. you could, they had. I think it was Tankard Tuesdays. You could bring your own stein, oh, and however I big it was, they, it was like a four dollar, five dollar. No matter how big it was, uh-huh. so like you would see pictures of guys. I never went because I didn't have big. Stein, but I I saw guys show up with huge ones. Yeah, I've got a couple of just, really big ones at my house. Like I'm there, like, you go. Dang. You could have gotten uh, their clothes. I think that was episode now. fifty-seven. He came on. We uh, we talked about his brewery. We yeah. talked about brewing, and we asked him his Princess favorite movie, Bride. Princess Bride. And that's, we did Princess oh Bride on that episode. Gosh. Yeah, Princess Bride. Well, how could you not? So I think I although I think Carlos was lukewarm. No, he was good on, on it. Princess Bride. Yeah, somebody was lukewarm. No, Carlos on it. likes Princess Bride. Good. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you can't be the rom com. Guy no, you're right. He like, liked it. I'm th- somebody not I, on the wasn't episode. Me. All right, okay. yeah, side trip. Yeah. So I did I th- this half a liter goes into this uh, beautiful, boot. Mm-hmm. All right. beautiful, wonderful. I might use that in after hours. I think. <laughs> don't mind about it. Um, I, I think I mentioned next week we're gonna do the Indiana Jones franchise. We're, Kill the, the Nazis. Franchise. We're gonna do, do the, the franchise. So it's not just Raiders of the Lost Ark and Dial of Destiny. We'll talk about every film in between. And Whoa. David, if you're here, it's not gonna be a you know, it's not a huge homework assignment. You don't have to watch every film between now and then. But if you wanted to, you <laughs> might this be would able be the time. Um, wow. <laughs> well, you know, if I wanted to, I would bring this up on social media because the best thing about beer in a movie is that the conversation does not end here. Thank God. you got to find us out on social media. We're on Facebook. You find us there. We're on Instagram. Of course, you can go to our website, beerinamoviepodcast.com, for some nice curated list of our episodes, as well as the link to our Tee Public store, where you can find various forms Ooh. of merch. And you can join our chat on Discord under the name Beer in a Movie. The conversation continues. Please, just send us a message. We'll, we'll invite you in. You can come in there, enjoy and uh, take part in all those conversations going on throughout the week outside those main episodes. We've also mentioned that we extend the conversation ourselves in our Patreon subscriber-only After Hours bonus episode. You can please sign up at patreon.com slash beer and a movie podcast to get access to that. So please get on there and do that. We know you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, but before you leave, won't you please rate us and leave a review? We hope you'll give it five stars so that the algorithm can... Do what it do, do what it to put us out there as an option for more listeners. You've just experienced another romantically comic episode of Beer in a Movie. Until next time. Shut up and deal. <laughs>